You are listening to the Regenerative Paradox Podcast, hosted by the co-founders and owners of Paradox and Consulting, Ashley Sloan and Ariana Thornton-West. We are working towards achieving our vision of a world where being a strong steward of the environment, an investor in workforce and community, and a profitable business is no longer a paradox. Rather, the ability to operate with people, planet, and profit in mind is seen as resilient, smart business. We are so excited you're here. Now let's get to today's show. Hello and welcome back to the Regenerative Paradox podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Ariana. And we are excited to bring you part two of our Regenerative Business Framework mini series. The mini series focuses on our Regenerative Business Framework, which is a model that we use when we work with clients to help understand the systems and ecosystems that exist within a business. So there are six pieces to the framework and they include investors, co-creators or employees, earth, community, customers, and organizational operations. Our last episode, we focused on organizational operations And today we are going to take a little dive into earth. Yes, we are. So we're going to be talking about earth. So in talking about this area of the framework, we're really viewing earth as an area, the local ecosystem, the environment, um, and really looking at earth as a stakeholder, you know, an equal investor in our business, um, one that really benefits from the responsible use of resources and is able to be much more effective in providing us with a safe environment. Something that I really appreciate about Earth within the framework is that viewing Earth as an investor or as a partner, it helps shift our utilization of resources from extractive So where we're just taking, taking, taking to more uh, regenerative or cyclical, where we are investing back into the earth and we're being really good stewards of those resources and maximizing them so that we are, there's more of a balance, I guess, than there would just be with that extractive perspective. Absolutely. And I I think when we dig into this section too, usually when we're working with clients, it's not just about like the feel good value signaling around, you know, we treat the earth well, we're a good steward of resources. We use sustainable products. There is a, which makes a difference for some business owners. There is a huge financial benefit to, to really investing in this area um, and, you know, limiting your excess waste and figuring out how to turn waste into a resource, either in your own business or in selling that to other businesses and actually turning it into a revenue stream. So the idea of turning waste into a resource or creating an additional revenue stream sounds pretty exciting. Uh, Could you, Ariana, give us an example of that? I absolutely could. So there is an organization called True. Uh, well, certification rather. Uh, so it's a certification that you can get for your business. Um, and True just stands for Total Resource Use Efficiency. And it's a zero waste certification program used by facilities. So there's a platinum certified organization, Earth Friendly Products, that actually has turned their waste into a revenue stream and makes money selling the recycled products um, and uses that money to purchase uh, a juicer for every single one of their employees. 
There's also another organization called Rico Electronics, and they actually gift the proceeds from their zero waste initiatives directly into the 401k accounts of employees who come up with the ideas that help them in that mission. Such a cool thing, right? Um, once you start looking at, at your waste as um, money, it makes it a little bit harder to throw it away. And you know that can help you on the bottom line, or you can do some of these things that these companies have done um, and really reinvest that back you know, into their employees. Um, Usually when businesses are going down this track too, they look for efficiencies. So they look for a way to reduce their waste, which again, helps you save money because you're not having to dispose of that material. And then the material that's left that you haven't been able to divert, find a way to sell that. And then you use that and you could use it on, you know, celebrating holidays with your staff or team building opportunities um, or, you know, something that feels important to uh, your employees or the mission of your business. Another example that came to my mind as you were sharing that, um, and this is on like a municipal level. So in the city of Tacoma, they utilize waste to create tagro, which is like a potting soil or literal waste. (laughs) literal waste so it's the waste that comes from the sewer the like toilets and the yard waste bins and all of that they use so they're literally taking human waste and treating it and turning it into soil that then the city can not only utilize for their purposes but they also sell that to residents uh, and to businesses. And I think it's just kind of, it's a cool example to see it at a city level, as opposed to like a small business. It, it can happen at all kinds of different sized organizations and different structures too. It's neat when you start digging into some of the examples of this too, and then doing any research around, um, even like circular economy is a great way to, to find, you know, some of the things that, that companies are doing right now. And I want to say it's like less than 10% of our global economy that's based circularly, right? In a circular model, which means there is 90% opportunity for people to learn to use waste as a resource and really close the loop there so that instead of just, you know, creating something, you know, that cradle to grave, we're continually being able to reuse it, repurpose it, um, and then not waste that money that was initially invested into those resources. So we've moved down, right down the waste stream. Um, Let's pop it back up into, um, I think Christina is probably a great example of this, right? From a drop in the ocean. We had her on when we talked about like greenwashing and bioplastics and just like the care that she puts in to researching the different products that she is going to have at her shop, you know, and some of that is just continuing the zero waste, right? So there's no packaging. So she does the bulk and then really investigating those products that she does bring in, you know, how are they sourced? What was the environmental impact and are they quality ingredients, right? So if it's soap or a cleaner, like, is that going to be 
harmful going down the drain. And she always makes sure that it's not. So there's a lot of that like upfront care and work. And then I know going downstream, she works to make sure that there's like compostable packaging or having very clear instructions on what to do with the items she has that do have packaging. And you touched on it earlier um, or while we were chatting about the carbon credits. That is another thing that she does. So something, and I love this about her practices and her mission, but for every purchase, she plants a tree and then I think it's 1% of all business goes towards ocean conservation. And what's really cool is, so not only is she doing all of that, but she's also taking that extra step to make sure her customer knows how they are contributing to that. So for every time you buy something from her, you'll get a little note that says this purchase planted X amount of trees and you donated this much to ocean conservation. And then she'll say, and this whole year, here's how much you've donated. And so it, it really helps involve the customer in that stewardship and in that process. I love like the, the amount of information that she gives um, and then I know she does drop off also. And then for those items that are shipped, she'll also purchase carbon credits to offset the carbon impact of, um, of the traveling of the shipping. It's another thing that you see big retail or bigger retailers like Etsy doing. Um, every time you purchase from Etsy, they will purchase, purchase carbon credits to offset the emissions from transporting your product to you. And purchasing carbon credits, it sounds like this overwhelming like huge thing (laughs) but really there's tons of options available online and we can link to a couple of our favorites in the show notes but you can purchase carbon credits for your packages like ariana was saying you can do it for any travel that happens whether it's through air or car you can purchase carbon credits to offset that and what carbon credits are is it's a, a way to It's an investment into methods that sequester carbon to help create this like net neutral uh, effect so that you are kind of balancing the scales as far as your carbon footprint. Yeah. And I'll make a small plug here for Nori. Um, Because when you do look into this carbon, uh, looking into carbon credits, you do want to make sure you're looking at reputable sources. Some are more reputable than others. Um, Nori is one that I like, and they have an amazing podcast. um, And they also have some business services where they actually um, integrate your service um, with theirs so that customers could pay for like carbon credit removal at checkout if they wanted to. Uh, and they partner with, with farmers who are participating in regenerative agriculture to do that carbon sequestering, uh, which is super cool, right? Like again, that, that partnership element, um, and for a farmer, right? Like finding another revenue stream by doing something like cover crops and sequestering carbon from the atmosphere. So Ashley, 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 (laughs) if I'm a business um, or if I own a business and I want to take a couple of simple steps to um, just improving the performance of my business in this area of the framework, what are one or two suggestions you would give me? I was just thinking that this episode is already longer than we had anticipated and there's still tons we haven't even talked about. 
Uh, so another element is the is your physical location, whether it's like your office or your store or your production facilities, and having those operate with the earth in mind is also another component of this. I feel like we could have individual episodes on each of these pieces. <laughs> so my uh, it's hard to answer that question with just one or two things. Honestly, I feel like the first step is to dig into the impact that you're having on the earth right now to see where we're being extractive, where are we utilizing resources in a way that might be harmful for the earth, right? Um, To really just get that like objective perspective on here's like our current footprint, here's our current standing because you can't really make changes or make decisions until you know where you're at. And I think most businesses have an idea, right? Like when we've met with people to do the assessment um, or to help them uh, strategize some, some better things to do around their, their waste and their business, almost every time they know, they know the most wasteful area of their business, right? They're like, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have a closet full of that. That is where I, I hide the extra packaging, <laughs> whatever it is. I think if you have that already knowing, right, like keying into like, what is the my most wasteful thing? Because you probably know. And then just looking for a way for it to be less wasteful and or can it now be a revenue stream? And I think with that, right, starting with the the piece that is the most wasteful or the most, the biggest issue. Something, again, we're mentioning Christina, but something that she said in our interview with her was do what you can, where you can, and when Mm -hmm. you can. Mm -hmm. Because if you try to tackle every single thing all at once, you are going to most likely fail and you're going to be so (laughs) overwhelmed. And we've also talked about regeneration being a moving target. And so I think it's important to just like break it down and to start with quote unquote small steps to help move the needle just closer. I love that. And it's a good step for your business, right? It's a better step for the earth. It's usually a profitable step for your business because you're either saving money or finding out another way to make money, increasing efficiencies. Uh, And with business owners we've talked to and worked with, they feel good. Even if they feel like tiny steps, watching them talk about you know, what they did to limit or reduce their packaging or how they have found a way to reuse it or how they've engaged their customers and employees in, in reducing and optimizing some of this stuff. They're so excited and they're so prideful. And it's just really great to sit down with folks. And, and even though like, right, they're small steps in, the, in a more regenerative direction, they're action and they matter. And it's so cool to sit down with people and have them, them share it. And I think that's probably why we're huge advocates too of just, if there's something you're struggling with in your business, whether you seek out a consultant or not, start talking with people about it. Talk to your customer, say, hey, you know, this is something we really want to do. What are your ideas? Like take advantage of the resources you have because I think you'll be surprised. Your customers, your employees have amazing ideas um, around any of the areas of the framework, but especially around like earth and waste um, and more regenerative and sustainable ways of doing business. So tap into that. I think Amanda said it a couple episodes ago, it is okay to ask your community for help. Um, So do that, even in this area of the framework. 
I love that. And especially, right, connecting it back to whole systems, all of us are here on this earth, right? And so all of us are investors in it and tapping into those um, knowledge banks is perfect. And that's it for today, friends. We hope you've been entertained, inspired, and empowered. If so, be sure to subscribe to the Regenerative Paradox podcast channel and leave us a five-star review. As always, the information provided in this podcast is intended for general education purposes only and not meant for specific business consulting advice. You can learn more about Paradox and Consulting by visiting us at paradoxandconsulting.com or by sending us a message at hello at paradoxandconsulting.com. New episodes air every Friday. We'll see you back then.